This is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. Well, hey there, folks, and welcome to Dealer News Today. You're here, I'm here, and we are rocking and rolling. Am I right? Come on. This is episode 11 of season six. Jeez, time is just flying. But you know what? You could listen to all our past episodes with many great guests, a bunch of seasons. Like I said, this is season 11, and you can go to dealernewstoday.com for that or listen on whatever platform you get your podcasts on. Um, make sure you follow us on social media as well. That's at uh, Dealer News Today, of course. I am your host, Derek D. If you're like, hmm, he sounds kind of familiar. Well, you could just go to DerekD.com and uh, see who I am if you're so inclined. Uh, but anyway, we got a really cool show for you today. We're switching gears a bit and going to be talking about the RV portion of the automotive world. Yeah, the recreational vehicle. I feel like people forget about that sometimes, but hey, they are just as much a part of it as any other faction of the auto industry. And our guest is extremely knowledgeable and has many years of experience. He has an executive MBA in accounting in accounting and mechanical engineering. He's the Rev Group Recreation Division President. I'm talking about none other than Mike Lanciati. Good morning, Mike. Appreciate you coming on DNT. Yep. Good morning. Uh, thank you, Derek. I look forward to our conversation. Look forward to sharing some information about me and about the Rev uh, Recreational Group. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's cool because obviously I talk to a lot of dealership owners and things like that and mainly cars and cars and cars. It's cool to talk about some uh, some RV stuff. So, uh, but but first off, where, where are you from originally? Originally, I was from Western Pennsylvania and, and throughout my career, jobs have moved me west uh, across the Midwest. I spent some time in Ohio and and then I, I, I moved, oh, wow. moved to South Bend, Indiana and, and was president of a steel uh, tubing center, a steel fabrication center for about 10 years. And and things worked out great for me, and 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 I uh, had an opportunity in 2008 to to buy into a Renegade RV in, in Bristol, Indiana, with with an equity firm, and became a, a pretty good sizable share uh, of a recreation business. And and at the time, wow. at the time, the RV industry was having a little bit of a, a recession, and. I uh, had a chance to to get in at the right time and have been able to build it up to a sizable organization now and and it uh, it's it's become a key player in, in the Class C industry and it was so attractive that that Rev took a look at us in in 2016 20 beginning 2017 and purchased uh, Renegade from us. Oh wow! So so where is it based now? Are you it's in? El, it's Elkhart, Indiana. It's just a little bit east. It's a small town called Bristol, Indiana. Okay, and that's where you live now in Indiana. Yeah, 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 and Florida. Oh, okay, and Florida. Oh, and Florida. Yeah. Is there is there other, um, is there dealerships? Is 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 REV down in Florida as well? Do you have another? No, no, no. We're not dealers. We're we're all manufacturers, but we're manufacturers. Yeah, most of our businesses are located in Indiana. It's the Dec- uh, Decatur Fort Wayne area it has a large one, Fleetwood, and in, in American Coach and. Um, Holiday Rambler and Elkhart. We have a Midwest Automotive Designs, a B company, and Class C uh, Renegades in the area. Excuse me. And then we have a travel trailer business and a camper business that's located in uh, California, Palmdale, California. Oh, okay. So, wow. Yeah. Very interesting. Kind of spread around a little bit. So, some of the some of the brands is you mentioned. You got what Fleetwood, Holiday Rambler, American Coach. Did I see a a, a Midwest Automotive Designs? 
uh, Lance Camper. Is it Monaco one of them? Yeah, Monaco is, yes. There's, there's like six brands, seven brands. We've had Monaco on pause uh, the last few years, but uh, it's it's on the shelf ready to come back out when 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 the economy and things pick up a little bit. Gotcha, yeah. So are, are you... Uh... Were you always interested? I mean, I know you said you, you you had a couple of jobs, obviously, before that. I looked at your LinkedIn. Yeah. But did you um, did, were you always interested in RVs? Are you a car guy? Do you like do you, do you like campers? Do you, did you did you have one growing up? Yeah, we did have one. Uh, my parents had one growing up. Uh, it was a motorized RV, and we certainly enjoyed it then. But I'm definitely a car guy. I've had my fair share of uh, fun cars. Let's just say that. Um, keep up with the traffic. So yeah, I'm I'm into that stuff. Nice. I I love to hear it. Yeah, when I was a kid, I and still today, I, I've always loved RVs. I love the idea of like basically a small house on wheels. Yes. It was almost like a really cool fort for me, you know, when I was a kid. And you'd see now you see these RVs with the extensions and the pop-outs, and some are literally the size of my apartment. It, I mean, it's a house on wheels. They're beautiful. And uh it, it it's cool to know that you 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 know you had one growing up and you know, you're a car guy too, because I'm a car guy myself. Um, which brands are like the most in demand? Like what about RVs in 2024 do you think are most attractive uh, to the customer? Yeah, I can tell you, and I can go through our brands right now, but really the, the uh, they're called class C and class B uh, seem to be the most appealing. And it's been this way now for a couple of years, uh, at least 18 months. But the C's are the um, cab chassis that, you know, the, the companies like sure. Renegade buy a cab chassis and you build that house on wheels on the back and it comes with the cab and you, and you, uh, put the two together, you, you interlock them together and you can walk between them and do that. But that's, you know, you're looking at freight liners, you're looking at uh, Mercedes Benz, you're looking at some Ford right. chassis, five fifties. And those are very appealing for, for a lot of reasons. I mean, certainly the engine in the front, the serviceability, uh, the large companies that that own the chassis uh, are available for uh, service on the road if you have a problem with the chassis. So they're they've been very appealing. The set the whole safety feature of having an engine in front of you is pretty appealing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, the second the second one is is really the B, the B vans. It's it's where you get a van, and Mercedes Benz has such a uh, right beautiful van. Uh, Ford has a pretty nice one uh, themselves, but our B van company is 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 doing a great job. And a lot of the reason the, the bees are pretty much bought by uh, maybe people typically over 45 and, and they have a decent amount of wealth or they've accumulated a decent amount of wealth and they may work from their office on the road. Uh, these things with the Wi-Fi and a fly, you can use them to go between North and South homes, you know, or you can go watch uh, sports, football games, tailgates. You got the awnings, the outside TVs, the refrigerators, things like that. Oh, so, yeah. so uh, you know, the air conditioning, the heating systems, all, all the cool things they have. So the A's and B's are pretty much, I'm sorry, the C's and B's pretty much are, are the, the, ones of choice. Now, in Decatur, we have a group of class A's and they're doing very, very well. In fact, they've been gaining market share in the market, but really the last few years, the class A market has, has been a declining uh, total number of unit market. And we're working. And if I'm not mistaken, the, the class A's are like the big, big ones. Yeah. They're the bus. They're the bus. Yeah. They're like the big bus. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because yeah, I think those Mer the Mercedes vans and stuff that you see, like people could trick them out and they're so customizable and people go <laughs> off-roading with them, but also there's beds and refrigerators, all that stuff, you know, and it's, they're really cool. And you could see why people would be more drawn to those. They're just more convenient, I think. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, you know, for parking and, and space and insurance and miles per gallon and all those good things, even though that doesn't always concern people, but it's certainly going to cost you a little more to operate and cost you a little bit more to finance. And, yeah, for sure. And then, <laughs> and yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And then, really, in the last, uh, I'd say, really 18 months, uh, maybe 20 months, the, the travel trailer industry has uh, really slowed down a lot. I mean, it's, it's, it's gone backwards. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a hard sell. The, the buyer for that industry pretty much is, is the buyer that when the economy starts slowing down and people start not working overtime and they're not working five days a week and you know, they, they just can't afford to, to buy the camper and take their family camping like they used to, you know, the towable, yeah. the one that fits on the back of the car. So they're, yep. they're always the leading indicator in our industry. When you, when you see them slowing down and, and you see maybe the, the manufacturers, uh, um, producing a little bit more than we should. We, we don't catch on that, that things are slowing down quick enough. Um, it's, it's, it's a predictor of what's ahead for not only our industry, but for a lot of the country. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it, that makes sense. Is the reason behind that because of, you know, going through COVID and everything, is that kind of what affected that? Or, cause I know the automotive industry obviously was doing very, and still is doing very well. I mean, there is, there is still a supply chain issue and things like that. Um, what was the what was the reason for that? Yeah, well, I could, yeah, just to just to give you a little profile of it. I mean, really, really during the COVID time, I mean, there was just such a such a rush to get to the outdoors. You know, you you wanted to you, you didn't want to fly, you didn't want to wear the mask, you didn't want to um, be in big crowds. And I, I think uh, um, the Great Outdoor Great American Outdoors Act uh, got the campgrounds and and things the way they need to be and there was more availability so what happened with, with the towables group is you have a lot of people working real hard building building uh, these these units and building other units in this country yeah. and when they get home on the weekend you know they might uh, have a wife and a couple of kids uh, you know to profile what a family might be well they could hitch on a, a towable on the back of their car or their little suv and, and grab their family and and load up and, and go camping for the weekend so they could spend some time because they've been working. So I long. feel like during COVID that, that was, that was perfect. That was, it was perfect. perfect. Was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was the perfect getaway to do that. And you could probably do that with, for a payment that really wasn't so much, you know, 500 bucks a month, 400 bucks a month, whatever that number yeah. is. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, those, those same workers don't get the opportunity to make the overtime uh, that they were. And, and then things, things start slowing, they just start slowing down. You know, the COVID's going away. People say, you know what, maybe I didn't like camping as much as I did initially. I, I think I'll fly where I'm going or, or maybe we're going to stay home for a while. And so the market kind of moved a little bit. And, and next thing you know, you see some of these units uh, sitting on the road for sale and people were just trying to get out of that $500 payment a month or $600 payment a month um, and, and hoping for a better day. And, and that's usually the indication that the economy, uh, the unemployment rate, things are climbing a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Has the RV business changed at all since COVID? Like, there, is there things that you guys do differently now that you maybe didn't do before? 
uh, better, worse, you know, could be anything. No, I, 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 the answer is the short answer is, uh, yeah, we do. I, I think that the great demand that we saw during COVID, I think the industry reacted great to it. And I thought we got a, a lot of product out and, and made a lot of people happy and gave them a great outdoor experience that, that they had. Now, um, that wasn't a permanent demand. It wasn't like that was going to happen every year, year in and year out. And sometimes it's really hard to, to vision that you're slowing down or, or is hard to vision that maybe something's changing. And now we're getting back to maybe high norm, high normal levels of what the RV industry should be in, in a lot of cases, sure. but it's, it's not near what it was during COVID. It's just, it's a different industry right now. And, and uh, you just have to kind of, uh, Pivot your with the changes. Yeah, pivot your company to, to make money at whatever level you're at, and, and continue to be profitable and make make people's uh, life experiences on the road happy and 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 build good product. That's right, because I feel like it's uh, you know everything's changing. The automotive you know whole landscape is changing since COVID for for in better ways. You know, it took. You know, I always say you take the good out of the bad and you adjust and you move forward and you roll with the punches. So I in your business, same thing. Do you find I'm just curious, do you find that um more people in Florida have RVs? Because you know, for people in the Northeast, it, you know, a lot of times they they go to Florida for the winter. So it, it makes sense to me, you know, driving back and forth in an RV from you know, I'm here in Jersey. And it is is the is the market big in Florida? Is yes, what I'm saying yes, yes. for in RVs fact, for that exact reason. The, well, that's one of the reasons. The, the largest the largest um, states for RV sales continue to be like California and Texas and Florida and Arizona's up there sometimes too. So they seem to be the most. And then every now and then you get a lot of registrations in Montana or Delaware where you don't have the same tax situation as you do other places, even though they don't live there, right? So. Um, yeah, but but the the fact remains, Florida is a large, large RV sales state, and there are a lot of snowbirds going back and forth, and <laughs> a, a, and a lot of them, you know, they come from Canada and drive down there, and and you can't beat the RVs now because you can you can take turns driving, uh, even if you want to stay at a hotel on the way down. If you have a van, you say I'm not going to stay in the van. Um, you can stay at a hotel. You you have a refrigerator if you have a diabetic or you have a handicapped person that needs special needs. You're not forever trying to figure out how to you know get on and off a plane and bring the things with you and get through TSA. So right, exactly. It's, it's made things a little bit simpler and safer uh, and a better experience. Yeah, and you can like like you know if you don't you know decide to stay in a hotel, you can just obviously stay in it. Especially depending on what size RV you're uh, you're driving, you just. Stay in that, you know. I, I always say I want to buy like an old RV and fix it up, and then like drive across country in it or something. Yeah, yeah. you know, camp down by the river, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. I tell, geez, with these house prices, I tell people sometimes I'm like, hey, just buy an RV, fix it up, park it somewhere, and live in it. You know, it's basically a tiny house, and you know, people are clamming for those things, but you could have one on wheels. Um, there's this, there's actually not take you off track here a little bit, but there's actually. Uh, places in South Florida, you know, down in Naples on on the Gulf, and there's places in California where you actually buy a pad, a, a plot, uh, you know, for a, a good chunk of money, and you'll be in a resort where you have hunting and fishing and golf and everything like that, and you buy a really expensive RV and park it there instead of a house. And a lot of the guys that do that have lots of money, and and they'll they'll get drivers, and they'll have a driver drive it to there, and they set it up, and and the driver leaves, and it's theirs to use all the time. And they don't have wow. to drive 
drive it anywhere. But they're right in the middle of a beautiful resort. Huh. Yeah, I've heard of that. And it's it's probably cheaper than buying a whole house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Either way, you know, either 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 way. Um yeah, that that's really cool. I've always wanted to, yeah. to do something like the, that. The portability, so, the portability of that's right. Too, in case you don't like that spot, you go to another spot, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I know it's, in some states you could park in certain places and stay there overnight for a few yes. nights. And yes. you know, in Jersey, it's it's pretty crowded up in you know Central Jersey and North Jersey. So they're and they're sticklers with everything here. But so speaking of our, so the name of your company is REV, and I don't want people to get confused. That doesn't stand for obviously doesn't stand for recreational electric vehicle. No, right. No, it's just no, it's rev. your company. It's rev. We yeah. typically don't use the three letter acronym. We just say rev group. Uh, rev group. Yeah. yeah. It's R E V G is our uh, publicly traded uh, symbol. Oh, okay. But, but let me ask you about that though. Is the RV market moving into, you know, the electric recreational vehicle space at all? Yeah. The short answer is yes. Yeah. I would assume the, the, the long answer is depending on the type of vehicle you have, um, some of these large, I'll talk about the seas, some of these really large like freight liners and things that you you, you have a lot of uh, power needs because they're heavy and right, pull exactly. along load. You can't go so far. And people typically like to be able to go two or 300 miles minimum, five hours before they need a rest, you know, and, yeah. uh, and, and I don't think we've come up with uh that in a lot of units i mean there's some small yeah there have to be some big yeah, yeah. right there have to be some really big batteries and also what would it take on a you know where how far would it go on a single charge how long would it take to recharge yeah. there's a there's a lot of questions because obviously everyone every big company is pushing evs 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 so i was just curious in the rv market it's a lot of people drive these long distance, so they. It, I, I feel like that would have to be. It has to further be further than. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I will say though is there's a lot of um, lithium going into um, into the units now, so you don't need Which to is bring, a lot better. Yeah, yeah, and you don't need to use a generator because you have a lithium battery, and a lithium battery can be charged up with solar panels and different things. So we're trying to go green by replacing uh, diesel generators or gas generators with lithium batteries. Yeah, well, that's a good move. Lithium is definitely a, a, a lot better yeah, yeah. and lasts a lot longer. Yeah, sure. uh, you know, yeah, like you said, because on RVs, especially big ones, first off, if it is electric, then you just have to, that's got to drive the car, number one, and power all that, but then it's got to power everything else that comes along with an RV. And there it's where you're really using a lot of, a lot of juice, I yeah. guess you could say. And I'll tell you what, in the last few years, there's, they call it boondocking. There's a lot of persons that like to go boondocking, meaning they just stop somewhere in the desert and pull over. There's no hookup to hook up your generator or hook up anything or charge your car up or do anything like that. And you're relying on solar. Hmm. Um, you don't want to be stranded out in the boondock if, if you can't start an engine and drive away, right? Oh, yeah, out in the boondock. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> or start a generator and let it run on your gas tank or your diesel tank, right? So yeah. there's a lot of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, with, with such an EV push, I just wonder, you know, what the RV landscape will look like electrified because you're you're going across country or something. You know, how, how far can you go? How long will it take to charge? There, there's so many variables and questions uh, but, but how are RV dealerships meeting customer demand and like, what are some of the requirements people want, uh, in them nowadays? Yeah. 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 No, that's a great question. I, that's a great question. I mean, they're an important part of the, 
of the chain. You know, you have the the supply chain which feeds us, and you have the manufacturers, and then you have the dealers that that do the distribution and, and each of the manufacturing sales team work with the dealers and utilize the voice of the customer with all the feedback you get from the dealer to make sure we do the right product management and, and make sure we build what people really want to buy instead of what we want to build. And that's a concept that's pretty important in our industry. Now, the dealers, um, there's been a lot of dealer consolidation mm-hmm. of late. I mean, there was a sure. supplier consolidation. There's been manufacturer consolidation and, and the beat goes on with the dealer consolidation. Now, there's certainly some advantages, way probably way more advantages than disadvantages. But some of the advantages are that as a, as a, a dealer, um, I won't name any of them, but there's at least a handful of large ones. Some of them have as many as 70 locations and 60 locations. As they buy other locations, they actually acquire brands that they didn't have before. You know, right. because maybe maybe somebody else had exclusive territory and they couldn't sell their brand. So as they acquire brands, if somebody goes to a dealer in a state and says, you know, I really want to buy a Midwest automotive design and you guys don't have them here. And you can say, well, you know, what? we have it in our location in California or we have it in our location in Arizona. Tell us what you yeah. want and maybe we can put something together and you can just go down there and buy it. So they now have uh, more product uh, availability to them without going outside their own network. The second thing is I'm finding mm-hmm. that with all the action in COVID and all the sales and the size of the RV industry right now, the best dealers have improved service capabilities. They try to have enough capability to, to want you to come back to them because when if you have an issue, it's a mechanical machine. If you have an issue, you want to be able to bring it there. You don't want to always have to return to the manufacturer to get it fixed. So that's an important thing. Service capability, uh, it's you know, it's the post-purchase experience is going to whinge as many orders as as much as, as how the manufacturer does on building the unit. I mean, if you don't support what you build, as soon as you have one that doesn't uh, perform and then you don't support it, you are pasted in, in Facebook and everywhere else that right, in, exactly. in your interest <laughs> can get whomped in a hurry, you know. So their service capability is is pretty important. The, the whole post, post-purchase post experience, customer experience is very important. Yeah, and I think that's a, uh, true across the board with anything uh, automotive related and people buying, you know, cars, RVs, whatever it could be motorcycles you 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 want that uh that customer service needs to be there um so it's you know it's it's 2023 about to be 2024 we're already in the future what's one of like the coolest features that is getting put into recreational vehicles nowadays like what's like something that like oh this is so awesome you know i, I know obviously they have the pop outs and all that yeah, stuff but yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, what, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, just so you know, they're actually called slide outs, but the slide outs because they don't pop. Yeah. You know what? If they pop out, then you got to get it fixed. But no, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. Get a button, <laughs> yeah, slide right out. Of it. No, yeah, um, right. Actually, um, first off, almost electronics is almost the thing that you have to look at every year. You have to stay current. It changes fast. You want to make sure yeah. you have the best. You know, you you want to make sure you have even wireless. Uh, uh, HDMI cables and stuff instead of a bunch of cables and things running around. So I always say electronics. Then, yep, I would I would think that's what. Yeah, that, that's too. always that's always a good thing. And then the second thing, I mean, you you have things at Fleetwood. We have something called a kid cave, you know. So we've been able to stick this fun hideaway at the rear of the coach. You know, they got a little balcony loft, and you get uh, different things like that. And you know, the the bunks and things are pretty creative now. You got TVs in the bunks. Uh, 
Another unit we have, uh, again, this one's down at Fleetwood and Holiday Rambler. They have a corner desk, a corner office. So we've carved out a wow. section where you can sit in there and work and you're not being bothered by uh, kids playing or people, someone cooking in the kitchen and things like that. I, mean, I think those are all things, again, making them more usable, making them more uh, like your house, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. They're slowly turning into just, I mean, not slowly. They've been for a while. Like it's... It's a house. It's a house on wheels. Oh yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful house on wheels. You know, and even yeah. fancy things like you know deep bowl sinks and uh, dual burner and granite hopes. countertops. Yeah, islands. yeah, granite and quartz <laughs> and you know you name it, we have it. And um, so there's a lot of things. Uh, and and we even like at our Lance Camper facility, we've come up with an adventure outdoor trailer. You know, inside kitchen, we have it with an outside kitchen. It just looks cool. It it, it looks it fits the the outdoor model and. Uh, somebody with a Jeep or something can pull camping and it, and it just looks, it just looks great. So um, whatever's going on in the world, you know, whether it's adventures and outdoors and camouflage and, you know, <laughs> supersizing something that that's, that's what we do. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Uh, you know, l- l- last question before we get going, yeah. what are some of the biggest things or uh, lessons you've learned during the last few years, you know, through the pandemic and all the craziness Uh you know, it could be, you know, RV related or not RV related. It's just something you've learned in business that you, you, people should be doing that listening and might be involved in the same industry as you. Yeah, I, I think that I, I actually think that um, you can never take your eye off the ball. You can never, out, you know, you can never outrun your coverage with regard to production and things. You want to run your business. Uh, to me, it's important that I continue to have our teams at all our different BUs turn the dials on production in slow ways. You know, you, you ramp up sure. slowly, you ramp down slowly. You, when you hire people, you don't want to lay them off. At least I don't. And I want to make sure we we build a solid base before we go to the next level and we keep our quality fine and we keep our, our products in high demand. We don't want to saturate the market or anything. We want the demand to be there. We want to continue to listen to customers. But more than anything, I want to make sure the people that work for the Rev RV group uh, their lifestyle and their livelihood isn't being jacked around like uh, like it could be at other places. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, I think that's <laughs> that's a good way to be for sure. And, and, and I definitely know employees appreciate that. Uh, well, listen, Mike Lanciotti, this has been really cool. It's definitely been different. I've never really get to talk about RVs and that whole uh, segment of the automotive world, but it very much is. And it's cool to hear how, uh, you know, how it runs and kind of the ins and outs. So I appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Anything else you'd like to say before we get going? Oh, I, I appreciate your time too. And I find your questions interesting and, uh, and you had me dig a little deeper on some of these things than I thought I would, but you reminded me of some things I need to get to too. So, <laughs> Hey, yeah, it works. Yeah. See, that's what I like to do. You keep it fun. You keep it organic keep it interesting and and you get a better conversation and the listeners like that too so yeah definitely cool so mike i appreciate you coming on man all right thank you derek you have a great week you too thanks mike that was mike lanciotti the rev group recreation division president you know he knows all about rvs and then some i tell you one day i'm gonna have an rv myself they're just so cool and they're just a moving house or hotel room on wheels uh, but anyway, for more information on Mike and his company, head over to RevGroup.com. That's R-E-V-Group.com. And that will do it for this episode of DNT. Follow us on social media at Dealer News Today. I am your host, Derek D, DerekD.com for all my stuff. I appreciate you listening, everybody. And until next time, this is Dealer News Today.